Another season of Forgotten Horror has come to an end, but as Field paraphrases Al Pacino from Send of a Woman, We're just getting warmed up! Spend the next few months with Forgotten Cinema as season seven kicks off with movies from all across the decades. We jump to the 70s to talk about the front page starring Jack Lemmon and Walter Matthau. We dive into the 80s with Michael Mann's Thief and the Dennis Quaid Meg Ryan thriller DOA. And then slice into Butler's childhood years, the 90s, with The Last Samurai and The Negotiator. That's right, Field. You're old. So very, very old. Shut up, Butler. Forgotten Cinema, part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Have those Marvel blues while Black Widow's theatrical release date is consistently delayed? Well, turn that frown upside down because yet another MCU podcast is here to guide you through the MCU one movie at a time. That's right, Mike. Each episode, we break down one movie from the MCU and talk about its connections with the source material, comic books. Which means I get to learn so many fascinating things like about Alpha Flight. The Canadian Avengers. Who knew? And Moon Knight. A multiple personality superhero. Seriously? And then there's Man-Thing. Yeah, not really sure how to explain that one. Pretty sure no one can. Yet another MCU podcast, part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Y'all ready for this? Cracking one open. This is cracking one open with Mike and Elise, and hopefully that music is not licensed. I'm absolutely positive it is. Is an acapella version okay to use? Uh, I think if it's a live recording, yeah. And it's less cool. than a 30 second sample, so it's fine. There we go. All right. <laughs> Loopholes. So how you doing? I'm okay. I'm cold. I am very cold. Yeah. If we only got I a nor'easter on our way. Warm me up. Ooh. We do have a nor'easter on our way, but it's a good thing we have tons and tons of beer. Yes, we do. <laughs> to uh, keep us company. <laughs> yeah. Keep us company. But for now, <laughs> we need something in the immediate future, the immediate present All to right. warm us up. I think I can help us with that. And how are you going to help us with that? <laughs> well, <laughs> this week we're cracking open M43, a New England style IPA from Old Nation Brewing Company out of Williamston, Michigan. Ooh, Ooh another Michigan. <laughs> another Michigan. Old Nation started as, quote, a passion for craft beer and evolved into a mission to brew some of the greatest beers on the planet. For 17 years, we've been doing just that. This is from their website. They go on to explain, quote, rooted in the German school of brewing, we've taken those timeless principles and applied them to create a roster of exceptional beers to please a diverse range of palates. Brewmaster Travis Fritz, head brewer Nate Riesk and co-founder Rick Gersey have applied their decades of combined experience toward establishing Old Nation as a respected name in the craft beer community. We built our brewery and restaurant in the quaint little town of Williamston, Michigan, for a reason, to stay humble and connected to our roots. We're ingrained in this community and deeply committed to it. Stop by if you're in the neighborhood. We'd love to meet you. If not, find our beer in your neck of the woods and let us know what you think. We're pretty confident you're going to love them from the first sip. And they're confident with good reason. M43 is widely considered to be one of Michigan's best beers. Keep in mind that Michigan is also home to breweries like Founders and Bells. So that's 
saying something. Hmm. And M43 has a score of 98 on Beer Advocate. Oh, It's actually ranked within the top 100 for New England IPAs, which is funny considering they're not, not in New, New England. England. <laughs> um, Sometimes you need to step away from something to truly appreciate it. Yeah. Well, most of the slots in that top 100, like the large majority of them are taken up by brews from Treehouse Brewing Company. Yeah, it makes and, sense. And Trillium, which are both in Massachusetts mm-hmm. and other half, which is in New York. And mm-hmm. then the rest are just kind of a smattering of Connecticut and New New York and all those other. Gotcha. Yeah. It's only fairly recently that Old Nation has even been able to distribute outside of the state because demand is just so high within Michigan itself, which kind of reminds me of New CHAG. E- yeah, yeah, New the, England Brewing Company, the CHAG, they had to scale back everything. Yeah. Um, they've really ramped up production. In 2016, Old Nation sold around 1,200 barrels of beer. By 2018, that went up to 20,000 barrels. Damn. Yeah. But things weren't always smooth sailing for Old Nation. Ooh, drama. Ooh. According to an article in the Lansing State Journal, after opening in 2015, the brewery entered into a more competitive market than they had anticipated and struggled for a bit to really kind of make a splash in the community. Fritz, the brewmaster, was doing some research one day on New England IPAs and came across a Detroit craft beer enthusiast group on Facebook. And they were having a debate about whether New England IPAs were overhyped. Fritz took this opportunity to invite people from the group to visit the brewery and get their feedback in order to make a New England IPA that people really wanted. And this turned out to be kind of a genius move because the experiment resulted in the production of M43. And the production of this beer in particular is really what became the turning point for Old Nation in terms of becoming financially healthy and being able to look forward to growing their brewery. Uh, Rex Halfpenny, who publishes the Michigan Beer Guide. Awesome name. Right? Awesome, awesome name. <laughs> oh, my God. He is. He better be publishing this in like a, a humidor. And he better have like a mustache and better be like kind of like steampunked out in a uh-huh. way. Uh Rex Halfpenny. Rex Halfpenny. Rex Halfpenny, you son of a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) You son of a bitch. Amen. (laughs) He said, quote, time will tell if the New England IPA style like M43 will have staying power in the craft beer market. But if it does, he contends, M43 could be to Old Nation what two-hearted ale is to Bell's or what fat tire is for Belgium, for New Belgium. Like their big boy. Their flagship, yeah. like. For real, for real. Although, oddly enough, I really don't like flat tire from Belgium. Yeah. Which we've talked but about. it is huge for them. Right. I get that. Yeah. But too hard it is really good. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> and I can't believe how recently the first time we had it was like two years ago. Tops. Yeah. I think it's because every time we'd seen it before, it was against a, a smattering of things where the logo for too hard it isn't necessarily the most interesting. That's also true. And it's kind of like when you're at a, we only usually see it when we're in the city. It's like, you're going to go with the more flashy thing Mm -hmm. for the most part. That's fair. But continue. So M43 is the first installment in their new Orthodox series of IPAs. And according to Old Nation, it is, quote, designed to accentuate the deep and complex character from the combination of Calypso, Simcoe, Citra, and Amarillo hops. Citrus and tropical notes of pineapple, mango, and grapefruit come through in the huge yet surprisingly delicate aroma. 
The flavor backs these aromas with soft, pillowy mouthfeel. Hot bitterness is not particularly intense, which leads to a very drinkable New England IPA even non-IPA fans love. The haze is not from the yeast, but rather from an interplay of lipids from the malted oat and oils and acids, which naturally occur in the hand-selected dry hops. This beer is perfect interplay between top-grade malts and hops, Michigan water, and brewing technique, which cannot be faked. End quote. <laughs> I'm interested in this haze now. Yeah. So in, it was an England, New England IPA, which doesn't necessarily have to be hazy. Mm-hmm. Generally speaking, is a little, a little on the hazy side, but hazies are a little bit of a different beast. Yes. But this haze isn't because of the yeast, which most hazies are. Mm-hmm. This haze is just... I used ingredients that simply were hazy. All right. So Amarillo hops, which we have talked about before, were discovered by accident in 1990 when the unknown hop was found growing alongside Liberty hops at a farm in Washington. Aliens. (laughs) Liberty hops cones are generally medium sized with kind of dusky yellow insides. And these hops were noticeably smaller in size and bright yellow inside the cones. So Amarillo hops have a really bright lemon, orange, grapefruit, citrus aroma due to their high myrcene content, and they lend some floral and spicy notes as well. They're considered dual purpose for both aroma and bittering. Citra hops are citrusy. Its lineage includes Tetnanger, Hallertau, Mittelfra, Brewer's Gold, and East Kent Goldings. Um, I think that's interesting that a lot of the traditional noble hops that you would normally associate with kind of a clean pilsner mm-hmm. um, contributed to a hop that's known for its citrusy punch in IPAs. Yeah. And is known to be it's in weird. everything. Yeah. <laughs> um, but again, that's because of its high mercine content, giving it an extraordinary flavor profile of grapefruit, lime and tropical fruits. With Simcoe, we're getting a lot of those bright citrus flavors along with earthy undertones. Again, a lot of grapefruit, pine, and herbs. You, I can like feel you rolling your eyes uh, because a- of its... <laughs> uh, you've named grapefruit twice already. <laughs> <laughs> because of its high alpha acid content and relatively low cohumulone levels. Cohumulone. <laughs> it makes for a good foundational bittering hop. Its nickname is Cascade on Steroids. And Simcoe is very often used in conjunction with Cascade, Centennial, Chinook, and Citra, just for the extra punch. But it's also I don't know useful. Any punch that sounds like. <laughs> it's also useful for its aroma qualities because it has that nice balance between the pleasantly fruity and earthy slash piney. So it's a a really solid dual purpose hop. Now I believe this will be the first time we've talked about. Calypso hops as you spring back into action. Uh, I believe it might be. (laughs) They were released in 2012 after about 10 years of testing. Calypso has many desirable qualities like being resistant to powdery mildew, vigorous growth, good flavor and aroma, uh, high alpha acids, and a large slash firm cone, which I guess makes it easier to harvest. So Calypso has a pleasant... Did you say large firm cone without smiling or giggling? I was trying really, (laughs) really hard not to. (laughs) How dare you? (laughs) So Calypso has 
A pleasant and complex mix of fruity and citrus-like elements. Notes can include apple, pear, tropical fruit, and stone fruit, as well as lemon and lime, and even whispers of tea-like earthiness, black pepper, and mint. Ooh. Right? You didn't name grapefruit. I didn't. <laughs> However, opinions seem to be mixed on this hop. Some brewers think that Calypso is a great late addition and dry hopping variety, while other brewers think that it has too much of a grassy herbal element and not enough of a fruity element. We shall see. Maybe not everything needs to be fruity. Maybe you can make something piney and citrusy and tea-like, and maybe you should get over that. And maybe you can have a different kind of beer that's not necessarily like every other beer in the world. Not everything needs grapefruit. Yeah, but we're talking about a New England IPA, I saw. I suppose. <laughs> so as I mentioned, this is just kind of a, an appendix. M43 is only the first installment in this new Orthodox series. Other brews in the lineup include Boss Tweed, which is a double IPA, B43, a Brute IPA, which sounds like it would appeal to you. Mm. It uses the same hops as M43, but comes with only three grams of carbs and no residual sugar. Mm. They also did a tart strawberry variant of M43 and another variant of M43 called Woodshed that was produced with untreated water from Williamston, which resulted in a softer mouthfeel and the absence of an acidic like twang. And it looks like both of those were unfortunately limited small batch runs. So we missed the boat on them. But we've got the original. So let's start there. Should we uh, go grab them to crack them? Uh, yeah. Open. All right. Do it up. Calm your crack and roll. Can we crack them? Can we crack them? Can we crack them? <laughs> can we? Can we? Ew. Those are good cracks. Yeah. Smell it right when you crack it open. I like this color. Ooh, holy citrus. It's got a very citrusy head to it. Very. I, I would A little grapefruity. A little grapefruity, but mostly I get like orange, not even lemon lime. Yeah, I definitely don't get lemon lime. Uh, maybe a little lime. I get what you're getting with the orange at that very first sniff. Time to clink it. Clink. That is indeed soft and pillowy. Indeed. Not super bitter, like I said. Nope. That orange is really coming through strong for me, like even on the back end. Sediment. This is really drinkable. <laughs> I didn't follow the instructions in the can. Oh, uh, you didn't. Damn it. We'll get to the can. Don't worry. Ah, it's got those little like lines of carbonation that go straight up the side. I'm trying to figure out what I'm drinking here. Yeah. It's definitely really it, good. I almost, I don't know if I would consider this a New England IPA. Like what makes it a New England IPA? It's definitely an IPA. It's smooth. It's citrusy. I get a little bit of that earthiness and pininess. Toward- I think your typical IPA is just piney and bitter. Yeah. Whereas I think the New England IPA has that fruitiness to it. Mm. But you're used to so many New England IPAs murdering you with that grapefruit. Yeah. And apricot. More like apricot. Pew, pew, pew. Hot take. I definitely get that orange you're talking about. That kind of like just that meat of the orange, especially like the back end that yeah. like I've bit into an orange kind of like breath that you take Literally, afterward. Yes. That's a very good. It's the meat of the orange. Like you just bit into a, a hunk of orange, mm-hmm. not like you're drinking orange juice but like no 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 yeah but only in that like like the fruit of it the outward breath part of it yes so you don't get that orange flavor it's not you're drinking a blue moon 
No. Although I would say in both look and color, it's and uh, and haze. Haze. It's very blue moon esque. And even maybe like weight. Yeah, it's very orange on the back end, but that front end, the main taste, I'm trying to figure it out. Like it, and I might be wrong on this comparison. It reminds me of some cat from Japan. A little, yes. And I also like how you did a callback to a previous episode we did. (laughs) (laughs) So if you're interested in those beer notes, uh, that is an episode we did a few months ago. Mm -hmm. Actually, probably a year year ago. No. No, really? Not that long ago. Although I I do appreciate that I'm not the only one with a seriously warped sense of time. (laughs) (laughs) It's very clean. It is very clean. Does this really have something to do with the Michigan water? That was like a point that they made several times. I don't know. A lot of the beers that we've, I know that when we toured our local Thimble Island brewery, Mm -hmm. they really touted that clean water that they have. Yeah. We did another beer from Massachusetts, I believe. I can't remember the brewery. And their big thing was the clean water as well. Yep. And now we got this one where their whole thing is their clean Michigan water as well. Mm -hmm. Was it Bend? Bend water or bend something, the Some, th- thunder funk, something like yeah. And then you've also got Samuel one. Smith Ale, which I believe uses the same well that they get their water in, or mm-hmm. something like that. Or it might be the same pot that they're brewing the beer in, something like that. So I would say the water has something to do with it, but I think it's more that the beer is so clean in general, like the flavors just work together in a way yeah. that like we can't pick out. I'm having trouble picking out anything on the tongue. It's just that back end, I like. Okay, I know that that's orange. Yeah. But the other stuff is like, ah. And I think they're right in that the the haze is not from the yeast. This is not a malty beer. No, not at all. It doesn't taste like your normal hazy beer. So like yeah. if you saw it and you were afraid, like, ah, oh, it's a hazy beer. I'm so sick of hazy beers. It does blah, not blah, blah, taste blah. like a hazy beer. It do, it's, it's, it really is due to the, yeah. the, the oil and lipid and acid reaction. It's, it's definitely not that. Which is so cool. I want to go to beer school. Quit your bitching. <laughs> oh, yeah. I see all that sediment on the bottom of your glass. I can't figure it out. I can't figure out any of the. <laughs> it's a great beer. I'll, this is a really good like, beer. Just because this is I'm not, so drinkable. Just because I'm super quiet about it and. Unusually quiet. <laughs> I can't pick out. I can pick out that hunk of the orange at the, the end, but I mm-hmm. can't pick out any distinct flavors as I'm going through the beer. And I'm, I don't mean that in a bad way. It's no. really this clean, nice IPA. Super drinkable. I'm well over halfway through already. Yeah. Like this is, I if we, if we ended up seeing this on this, so this is the first time that I've seen this beer around here. Mm-hmm. If we end up seeing this on draft when we're, you know, going back to restaurants more regularly and mm-hmm. get and actually able to get drafts, solid choice for dinner. Yeah. No, yeah, because you can't pick out anything. I don't think it would ruin anything. Yeah. It's really clean. You know what it's kind of close to? Mm-hmm. But again, not quite is cloud source from Two Roads, I think. Okay, yep. A little bit. The mouthfeel, for sure. The mouthfeel, it's a little cleaner, and this is a little lighter. It's a little mm-hmm. less, even though cloud source is supposed to be, you know, kind of light. Yeah. I think this is a little lighter than that, but it's just this really light, I think cloud, cloud source uses more hops, so the depth of flavor is more complex than this probably i'm really digging the that orange aftertaste kind of thing me too i'm so used to that apricot aftertaste in Mm -hmm. a new england ipa or grapefruit ipa this is a nice change 
And the flavors all really marry together. So I think that's a good thing that I can't pick out. Oh, there's the grapefruit. Oh, and then it rolls into this. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, here's my flavor of beer. And that's not knocking any of the other beers that we've done on the show. No, absolutely I not. Oh, I like this. Like, our show's about beer. I like those. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's nice to get a beer that is so, I don't want to say complex that I can't pick out the flavors, but where the flavors are so married together that I can't tell where one begins and one ends anymore. Mm-hmm. I think that's cool. That's like making something new. That's like mixing something. Yeah, I agree. It's beer chemistry, <laughs> uh, beer magic. Ooh, beer magic. I like that. You know, you get eggs and flour. You're like, well, whatever. <laughs> I know what scrambled eggs taste like. And, you know, you have a taste flour. It's gross. But you mix them together and you put them in the oven. You got a cake. Well, some bitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't going to eat a cake and go, hmm, tastes like egg and flour. No. No. Tastes like its own thing. Like this beer, baby. Damn, you're almost done. Damn, I gotta, listen, I gotta I catch really, up. I was listening. I really yeah. like this beer a lot. You're sad I didn't put more in the fridge. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always sad when I go into the fridge and we do these episodes where we've only put the two that we're drinking for the episode in. Yeah, because we and gotta I always keep wonder the other when I drag, when I pull it out, I'm like, uh, even if I want it, I can't have the other two. <laughs> Unless it's like good for a night shoot or something like yeah. that, where we can like put it out on the deck at night. but. It's 20 degrees outside right now. I'm mm-hmm. not doing that and photo. And snowing. Well, you know, it always, Lately. it snows a lot in Michigan. So maybe we can put the beer on the deck in the snow and maybe Oh, you know we're doing a snow shot for this. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, maybe we got a head start on our next beer and put it in the snow and take a picture of it too. Well, yeah. <laughs> you want to talk about this like awesome beer art? Beer mm. can art? No. 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 Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so the M43 comes in a tall boy with a wraparound label, not a fully imprinted label. So you got that silver kind of gap in the middle. Mm-hmm. It is a tannish color. Looks like an old style uh, medicine bottle. Like you'd get Dr. Pepper. Yeah. It'll clear, 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 it'll, heal it your, almost your looks ales. like a flyer that people would hand up. Like Yeah. Or it's like a cure Between all. the print and the... Yeah. <laughs> so... The middle of the can, uh, it's got this uh, faded kind of black print on this tan label. Mm-hmm. The new Orthodox logo is on top, which is kind of awesome. It's just an N and an O. The N is in the O, and the O has kind of got that kind of elongated look, like the old school radio formats from like the 30s. Yeah. Like kind of all stretched out. And that's in a big black circle. And then there's a border around an image of M43 which is done up kind of like old school Wild West font. And above that, it says New Orthodox India Pale Ale Series, M43 printed. And on the bottom says NE India Pale Ale, 6.8 alcohol by volume, IBU 65, one pint. <gasps> I don't think you said the IBUs. 65. I just said it already. Oh. Because I read the thing. Yeah. No SRM though. <laughs> <laughs> Holy judgy. <laughs> I want more SRM ratings. Uh, you got malt, pills, wheat, oat, boil hops, calypso, amarillo, citra, dry hop, citra, amarillo, simcoe. So that's pretty cool. Then underneath it says, keep cold and drink fresh. Then you get product of USA. But on the bottom, instead of a picture of all of the USA, you just get a picture of Michigan. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then haze is good. So really, product of the USA. And then you look down and go, oh, that's not the USA. Uh, they're really teaching you geography. They're like, hey, <laughs> know your states, bro. <laughs> no, know your states, bro. On the left side of this, what I mentioned earlier, so on the left side of the can, mm-hmm. 
there's a label, like a, an instruction uh, infographic. Yes. Says, don't freak out. Sediment and what you can do about it. So it's it's even like <laughs> listed like an old school. Sediment ad. and what you can do about it. I'll I'll put some some music. music yeah. it. Thanks. I was gonna say, can you keep doing that while I go? <laughs> <laughs> there is sediment on the bottom of the can. It's okay. One, roll the can for even sediment distribution. Then it has a hand rolling the can, or and then an arrow pointing to the can. Two, pour but leave some behind. Either way is fine. Enjoy. <laughs> So I think that's pretty cool. So pour but leave some behind is kind of what I had have always done. Yeah. But, you know, when you get to the bottom of the can, you still want to pour it in. You don't want to leave any beer behind. So no. I think number two is for sissies who can't handle some sediment. Like, yeah, you want your sediment to be evenly distributed and not like an inch of sediment on the bottom of your cup. Mm-hmm. But why would you leave beer behind? But I have not tried one yet. I've not tried rolling the can. No. Even sediment distribution. That's a new technique. So I got to try that because all my sediment always ends up on the bottom of my cup like right now. And although it doesn't completely ruin it, that last sip is always a little bit more like I swallowed something. Yeah. (laughs) But to be fair, I don't see how rolling the can would make that much of a difference because if you're pouring it into a cup, you're still drinking it. Not I mean, hopefully you're not chugging it, (laughs) (laughs) enjoying it. But um, it's all going to settle to the bottom at some point. Well, I think their whole thinking is by doing that, you're evenly distributing the sediment. So as you're pouring it in and you're drinking it, you're not going to have as much on the bottom mm-hmm. because your sediment, when you poured it out, was going to be in one place. Be- so, But if you rolled it and then poured it, your sediment's going to be all over the place. Yeah. So you're drinking bits of sediment you won't even tell as I opposed suppose. to like my last sip right now is going to be a little kind of weird. Not that there's like a ton of sediment. Yeah. I've seen more, but there's there's some sediment down there. But I like their infographic on the side. And then, of course, the right side of the can is your usual Surgeon General's warning, the Independent Craft Brewers Association, and then the full Old Nation Brewing Company logo, which is a cool looking font, mm-hmm. just kind of sharp. And then the brewing company on the bottom has like a, looks like wheat stock going through it. Yes. And then Old Nation which I brewing. enjoy considering its name is Old Nation. Correct. And then oldnationbrewing.com if you want to visit their website. Brewed and canned by Old Nation Brewing Company, Williamston, Michigan. And again, if you're interested in where something's brewed or how brewers work together, it's always cool to read the can because like we've mm-hmm. noticed a few times that brewed by blah, 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 brewing, but not yeah. at their own location. It's yep. like, oh, that's really cool. And sometimes it's due to demand like within a region of states. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's the gypsy breweries that we talked about on a previous episode. They don't have their own home brewery. They just brew everywhere else. Yep. 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 It's cool. That's a really cool community. Indeedly deedly do. All right, Flanders. <laughs> Hi, deedly. Neighborino. Looks like you're about ready for a refill. Yeah, shall but we, uh, don't have two more in here. <laughs> shall we wrap this episode up? I suppose we can wrap this up. <laughs> well, then thank you guys for tuning into this week's episode. And if you enjoyed it, please rate it, review it, and share it with your friends and subscribe to catch our future episodes. You can find us on crackin'1open.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or basically wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at crackin'1open, or you can shoot us an email at crackin'1open at gmail.com with any questions, comments, or suggestions because we always want to hear from you. 
especially if you're giving us free stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What you got to plug? Well, first of all, I will say that we've been drinking M43s from Old Nation Brewery. Mm -hmm. We usually say at the end of the episode, we forgot this time. Whoops. (laughs) It was really good, though. It is really good. Uh, I've got, you know the deal, guys. Get me money. Go to audible.com and buy my audiobooks. Come on, man. My day job sucks. Get me out of there by buying my audiobooks available now. I've got a bunch of horror books. I've got Sour, which I do. It's in the, it's like, I don't know, Evil Dead meets Appalachian fairy tale, Southern thing. I do a lot of Southern voices and an evil witch. It's really fun. It's really cool. Uh, it's action packed and exciting and scary at the same time. Uh, that's called Sour. I've got uh, Coffee at Midnight. I've got Progressive Entrapment. I've got uh, Final Girl. Those are all horror uh, short story books. And then Final Girl is like an 80s slasher movie, all done by the same author, Brandon Ford. Then I've got Switch Art Fraud and Gangsters, which is like a Guy Ritchie art fraud British book where I do British accents. That's pretty cool, right? <laughs> Uh, and then I've got Vacation Planet coming out, which is a sci-fi uh, cyberpunk type story as well. Um, all these audiobooks were written by other people. I just do the voices for them. It's pretty fun. It's pretty cool. Help get me money. You buy them on Amazon. It's the only way I get paid for these books. So help me out. I've also got a bunch of other podcasts I do. I've got Forgotten Cinema, a podcast with my buddy Mike Field, where we talk about films that for some reason seem to be forgotten by audiences, whether it be because a more popular movie was released at the same time, or the film simply didn't catch on with an audience in its initial run. We discuss what we love about the movie, maybe don't love about it, but we always recommend you revisit it because you never know when you might find your own Forgotten Gem. Forgotten Cinema premieres every Wednesday, wherever you get your podcasts, on ForgottenCinemaPodcast.com, and every Thursday on our social medias, we post a really fun commercial about the episode that uh, we just released. So check those out. I've also got Two Player Bros, a podcast I do with my buddy Dave, where we're two guys who play way too many video games. Join me and Dave as we talk about everything from PlayStation, Xbox, PC, VR, Nintendo. We have it all. We play it all. I just got my Series X in. Uh, hopefully I'll be getting a PS5 when a bot or scalper At doesn't steal point. it from me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we'll start talking about those. Um, join us every other week for a post game presented by two player bros, where we do a deep dive into your favorite modern classic or new release and talk about what we think of the gameplay and also the story. Uh, and those are really fun kind of in-depth discussions on a single game. Uh, that's available to playerbros.com or wherever you get your podcasts. All of our podcasts are available at the forgotten entertainment web, uh, forgotten entertainment.com uh, because we are all part of the forgotten entertainment family oh and a special thanks for our theme which was composed and performed by joe reichert until next time cheers cheers we both have empty glasses yeah pretty much (laughs) (laughs) give me more beer time for a refill